Hello and welcome to Heart Yoga Radio. So we're at that time of the year again where our glorious leaders are having their party conference and uh, this is the time when they actually get to plan and think carefully and decide exactly how they want to present themselves to the public. <laughs> Given that they've had this time to, to think and plan what they've actually carefully decided and selected to present to the public is fucking bonkers. They look like they've completely lost it. And this this is when they've had time to really think about how they're going to plan, how they're going to present themselves. Even the Telegraph is <laughs> run, runs the headline that I've just seen today. Tory party enters the drunken tramp phase of its existence. <laughs> Even the Telegraph, which is like, yeah, you know, kind of all, it was also called the, uh, the Tory graph, really. But my God, it's uh, it's 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 quite incredible. So we'll give you uh, like a little bit of a gist, and then <laughs> we talk about it. I mean, the the one the thing the thing that most people are going on about right now is the uh, the, the spectacular Penny Mordaunt uh, speech, where she uh, she says, "Stand up and fight." Probably, I think, I think between 11 and 12 times it's like over and over again and you don't even know what it is that she's even saying we should stand up and fight for <laughs> some people just describe it as like word salad and then she's got this um again where they've had all this time to think about what they're going to be you know how they're going to present themselves you know how they're going to look the kind of backdrop they're going to have the, mm. the hand gestures they're going to use you know the kind of like what kind of makeup she's going to wear the hairstyle the clo the clothes yeah and she's she looks like she's wearing the like a female equivalent of a black shirt yeah and she's up there doing all these these jerky hand movements and yeah. um <laughs> fucking hell and, and screaming like stand up and fight like over and over again wow it's uh it's quite special oh and then she mentions after she said stand up and fight a thousand times something about freedom you know like some vague thing about freedom yeah that's that's as far as i've got through having a look at her yeah. thing i mean have you picked up anything else from well looking at things it's, it's astonishing and i'm kind of for me which is quite unusual pretty well lost for words you know i've, <laughs> I've got you don't I mean, know I've, what you mean <laughs> It is astonishing. Yeah. I just think. Uh, what uh, the fuck are they thinking? I don't think your education is complete unless you've watched Penny Mordaunt's speech at the 2023 Tory Party conference uh, because it's just dumbfounding. And I, I find it hard to find the words to dis describe the, the astonishment and complete bemusement at what I saw. Yeah, I mean it's not yeah. easy to sum it up because they very no. are they, they are pulling in different directions. I mean, some yeah. some of them are just trashing their own party, and and a lot yeah. of them they're they're they're, they're it's, they've called it yeah. uh, because they they think that Sunak hasn't got very long um, because they're probably going to lose the next election. Themselves. So they're all sort of auditioning to be next leader by yeah. who can be the most kind of like evil and insane. Yes, well, 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 uh, Cyrilla Braverman certainly was, you know, and and. Uh, the Daily Mail described Braverman's speech, which which I would which I would say is fascist adjacent, and that's being polite. 
Yeah. Um, and it took, it's it's been compared by some people with with Enoch Powell's famous Rivers of Blood speech. None of which actually came true, you know. And uh, I mean, at the time, he was the MP for Wolverhampton South West, this constituency which you and I lived in for a very long time. I mean, I, I was in that constituency for 20, 30 years or something, you know. And I, I do, in fact, used to see him sometimes in, back in the day, you know. Um, and it didn't happen. Yeah, and we, I mean, we lived in a massively multicultural city, and everybody worked hard to make Pearl not come true in Wolverhampton. From what I can say, everybody got on great, you know. I mean, we, we certainly ran an incredibly um, diverse yoga centre. I mean, I counted the nationalities, you know, and there were like 100, something like that. People from all around the world. They, every kind of ethnicity and religious commitment and we just say well people would say well I'm not, I, um, they'd say things like I'm a Muslim can I come and say yeah I don't care what you are you can be a fucking devil worshipper you know or think cats are the centre of the universe I do not care what you think you know we're not going to do much talking anyway you know <laughs> just come and welcome and it's great and 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 but but I think there's a lot of work went in into into that general um, product, you know, production in a city, and I think this happened in in in, in many sort of of the old industrial cities in in the UK where we did get a lot of um, immigration, particularly in the sixties. Of just saying, well, we've got to make it work, and I, I put it down to interfaith groups, churches, temples, mosques. You know, people who at least in theory want to be right, right thinking and and, and and to do right by their fellow humans. You know, at least in theory, will give them that much. They at least make a paper commitment to that. The the religious, you know, and schools and the council. I think the local council worked really hard on this. You know, and and so. It didn't happen, and, and by and large, relations were, were very good. Certainly, in where I worked, again with a client base, public-facing job, the, the the job I held the longest, was a massively in a massively diverse situation, you know, and with a with a workforce that represented the makeup of the town, you know, and it it all worked. It was great. So Powell was wrong, you know. He was wrong. We had to prove him wrong because it could have gone. There was a lot of tension around at the time, and uh, Shirley Braverman has kind of like tried to try to sort of revivify that thread. You know, there is no doubt about it. Talking about hurricanes, for whatever reason, her parents migrated migrated here, and she she said in the speech when when they came. He said it was just a breeze, just a breeze of people just fluttering in, you know, and it was all fine. But now it's a hurricane, you know, and, and she talked about invasions and like trying to invoke this um, fear, in, fear and anxiety inducing uh, language that's just unnecessary and not true to the situation and not even true to, to, to the, the British people's proven capability of organising, giving a chance and, and running massively diverse communities very harmoniously 
And if you if you look around the world, you'll see uh, at, at other cities and and countries where they haven't done so well when these pro when these when these issues have arisen. And you'll say what an achievement that was, and all this is just being thrown in the bin. It's horrible. It's it's actually, frankly, it's disgusting. And 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 these are all Goebbels tactics. You know, this is all straight out of the uh, the, the the Germany nineteen thirties propaganda playbook. It really is. It's it's uncannily how how, how tight how tightly it models itself on that. And then Penny Morden doing this kind of. Um, triumph of the will kind of thing in it. I think it's like a very deep blue for Tory kind of trouser suit and she's standing there trying to look standing away from the dais so she looks like this monolithic figure you know against they've got kind of a pretty plain backdrop I think might be a bit of a slogan I forget what and then doing doing these very jerky arm movements and if, I mean I, I, I couldn't I think she and Perry Mordant had been to the same uh, uh, gesture trainer <laughs> Well, they must, they must have done a bit Penny Morden now actually doing that, you know. And, and uh, obviously their trainers ain't got a clue. They do not have a clue. Either that or they're really, really trying some fucking, some far-out behavioural science subliminal messaging, I don't know, Bernays on steroids stuff, you know, which seems to me unlikely because they're too disorganised and they're not generally very clever, you know, as, as we're seeing, we had five prime ministers in three years, whatever the fuck it is, because yeah. they're not capable. And 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 also, you know, the the chaos that that, that is intensifying for reasons that I've outlined a thousand times now on these podcasts over the last five years, and it's panning out exactly how I said it. How I said it would that we have all the systems kind of reaching sort of wobble points at the same time, and it was bound to happen. And uh, they can't deal with it anyway. Starmer is, is probably going to be the next problem. He won't be able to deal with it anyway. The country is becoming ungovernable. The world is becoming ungovernable. Because all this, all this shit, it's it, simply resonating with what's going on in America anyway. You know, will Trump go to jail? Or will he be the next president? Or will he stand for president from jail? What the fuck's going to happen there, man? No, that's all so bizarre. I mean, it's terrifying because, yeah. uh, because every, uh, you know... The president sneezes in Washington, and and the and, you know it's the butterfly effect times ten. Every, every everything that, that emanates out of Washington affects the entire world, you know, especially the bigger things. So the, the, this instability uh, uh, strikes me as intensifying, and obviously the climate part of it will is, is like the linchpin of the rest, you know, because. If that goes so far, if it, if, it, if, it, if it really sort of hits one of these chaotic tip, tipping points, which it might well have done, because the scientists didn't think it was going to get this hot this, hot this year. I think the last three months have been the, hotty, the hottest ever. Something like that, I don't know. Don't, don't quote me on figures like that, but... It's, it's, kind, of di it's kind of dire, and it's, it's even coming faster than... Even they thought it would, and of course, uh, if if that if that really 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 goes, it's going to be far more difficult to to sustain uh, civilized life. Yeah, it'll have to retreat. Civilization will retreat to the corners where it can survive, and it'll be to hell for the rest of you, Mad Max for the rest of you. And it's coming. It's coming fast. It's coming furious. 
And, and this this strikes me as just a pathological symptom. Now it's a symptom. It, it's like the disease is now raging, and the symptoms are therefore more florid. You know, but the the weird thing is that these guys think that this actually is. I mean, they they must think they're putting their best foot forward. You're not going to go to your your party's conference in the run up to a general election and not really give it some careful attention, particularly on the ground of semiotics, you know, signs, signs and symbols and memes floating around in the culture because they they're in a position to sort of have quite a big effect on that. They don't, they can't hundred percent control it because people still think their own thoughts, but they're having a good go. They're having a really good go at determining what the public discourse will be, and 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 yet somehow they've kind of sat, like you say, they've sat and calculated that, and yet it's so bizarre. Now my thought process is going through. Well, I am now. Is it me? Am I now completely out of step <laughs> with, with reality itself? You know, because to me. I just saw cl- I saw c- c- clinical ins- insanity, you know, yeah. um, that was resulting t- in the case of Penny. Pen- I mean, you've got you've got fucking Braverman channeling some kind of combo, some genetic uh, hybrid between Enoch Powell and Doctor Goebbels. On the one hand, just terrible raw, hatey, nasty, nasty, nasty fucking inflammatory divide and rule, dangerous inflammatory stuff on the one hand and then Penny Morden doing this the, the, the um, somebody called it a, a Braveheart speech you know <laughs> and then at the same conference we've got Pe- Penny Morden like, 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 like basically channeling Oswald Mosley and, and Hitler you know even to the point of the, like, the strict name like movements because they used to spike Hitler up before they pushed him on you know that ranting and farming at the mouth and the and, and the, the jerky movements, it's because his doctor gave him a, a massive cocktail, you know, of, of drugs prior to going on. They, they gave him a combination of like heroin, cocaine and strychnine, all in the one fix, you know. He'd be injected and they'd push him on. And that's why they sort of reek the, 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 you know, because strychnine causes like tetanic spasms, you know. And if, if he'd have had a bit more, it, he'd have gone into lockjaw or something you know you give him just enough to give him the jerky that kind of like staccato energy which in the judgment of the the uh, the propaganda guys at the time this was just like the right look <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah, well you know obviously the stage managed it with the lights and the architecture yeah. and the, the way it was filmed by Lenny Reef and Star with the monument handle that aesthetic mordant plugged into it you know Toned it, they toned it down a bit. But if you've got any kind, I'm kind of hyper acute to sort of like symbolic resonances through history and stuff for weird reasons, not even known to me, but I am. And to me, I was just getting like, what? Seriously? United Kingdom 2023 and that. I mean, there's no content. I mean, the basic content was, was we've got to fight for, free, for freedom because civilization is at stake. Yeah. No, Coming no. from the party who've just like taken away all our freedoms, yes, by like making we we can't even now stand on on yeah. the, the pavement and hold yeah. up a blank piece piece of paper without yeah. now being dragged off by the police, yeah. Uh, so that doesn't sound very free. Uh, and like oh, no. and they say oh, fight for freedom. Well, all them people who've been dragged off with their blank pieces of paper, we're thinking yeah, yeah, let's let's fight. That's a well, good idea. Well, when Brav when Braverman spoke. <laughs> 
a bloke sort of halfway back she's going on about gender she's like making a culture war, war, war on uh, out of persecuting um, trans people and other, other people who are doing their own thing vis-a-vis identity da, 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 you know if anybody wants to know my view on that it's like live and let live you know and uh, I want to live in a society where everybody uh, makes a thing out of um, uh, developing, expressing, and and if they want to, and celebrating their uniqueness, you know. So we'll perhaps have like five million genders. I don't care. Do your thing, man. As long as you don't hurt me, you can grow your hair down to your feet, you know. Tattoo, fuck off on your porrid for it I don't care it's your life get on with it you know but these lot as I've always said they are, they're authoritarian and after and, and at the time of the pandemic I was saying they're, they're, they're going to try and hang on to, onto, onto the little gains they've got here you know and some of the laws have been pushed back have been repealed and I don't think I don't think they all have they do this John, Johnson was terrible this he's a real hankering for sort of some kind of concentration of power you know more than he'd got you know they're authoritarian. They're completely authoritarian. And yet this talk about freedom, of course, this is what they do, you know, say the opposite of what you intend. In fact, what they're trying to do is produce like a mirror for young people, because they want it, because only 8% of young people, so people under 30 vote Tory, they realise if they're going to have a political future, they've got to kind of grab that demographic, you know. So they sort of, that. <laughs> so they take the they take the talking points and pretend that they're, that they're on. They pretend that they're right on. They try and make it cool and sexy, <laughs> you know. God, if I that's mean, that's that that's them trying to be right yeah. on. My God. Yeah, I mean, and, and for the, for the youth, oh, it's anarchism, communism, whatever. You know, the left the left is sexy and the right the right isn't. Until of course they get the really nice uniforms, you know, and the shiny boots. Then it might change a bit, but. but but of course, like Starmer has stamped on that as well, because he's so fucking uninspiring. He's a lawyer. He's 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 he's, he's I don't know. Only sort of I would say four nanometers less fascist adjacent. I mean, to to my mind, he, he, he he's flirting with the same modern fascism, you know. So. That's not really helpful to the uh, to the thing. So so you, so you know to to resist in this Tory uh, presentation of an astroturf or an ersatz kind of right on this, you know, which is to do with freedom and freedom defending civilization, Jordan Peterson trope, you know, it's complete it's complete rubbish because as you say they're they're deeply authoritarian. I mean, as, as as I say, you know, freedom of freedom of speech, right? The right makes a big thing about freedom of speech, right? And and they're trying to have a culture war about freedom of speech. They even passed passed a law about universities and who they can invite to campus to speak and uh, to campus to speak and so on. And yet, and yet, look at that very conference. You know, when when Braverman was speaking, and she started going on about the the, the this gender culture war, trying to cash in, get a few votes out of that. Uh, you know the bigot vote. She's playing for the bigot vote, and a guy, a guy halfway down the hall sh- says, "Actually, he didn't shout. He just kind of said it." You know, he said, uh, "There is no such thing as gender identity," and immediately he was also he was hustled out by by the police. 
There are the police have no business hustling him, hustling him out. The, the Manchester police were asked why why did the police get involved? They said because they were asked to by the the, the organiser organisers of the conference. So they had a couple of hushes and a policeman dragged. Well, they didn't drag him, but they took him by the arms and took him out. You know, and took him off the site. So you think freedom of speech, eh? Right. <laughs> You're not telling us a bit of a porky about that. This is not just a little bit of your polemic, is it? Penny Mordant. I don't, know, I don't know. I think she's got this 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 big idea about symbolism now because she carried the sword at the king's oh, the king's God. what's it? She had to stand there with this big big sword oh, doing Boudicca, you know, a silly hat, yeah, and yeah. a silly hat, and that's because she was the it's the leader of the House of oh. Commons, and so so she got this official position in the British establishment, leader of the House. It's a big <laughs> deal. It's like being the Speaker or the leader. Yeah. So she has to go to the she has to go to the. Uh, the coronation, and they give her the sword because she's the leader of parliament. You know, it's all completely fucking dressing up box. You know, get yeah. the dressing up box out, and they take it pathetic. so seriously. And yeah. it's, it's infantile. Yeah. I mean, I do think they are actually mad. Yeah. Now this this creates a problem for me because I'm kind of wrestling with the problem philosophically, and you wrestle with philosophical problems for years and years and years and years and years and years and, years and, years and decades and all your life. And this one is well, sh- should we actually pathologise? When we try and understand the mentality of leaders, you know, or, or people who get involved in fascism or anything like that, should you try and understand it in terms of psychology or even a pathology of mental illnesses, you know? And, and the reason why that's difficult to do is because the categorisation of so-called mental illness is something that drifts over time, because it knows a logical drift, you know? I mean, you can have a very, very clear criterion for a, for a, a physical disease, like the, the presence of, I don't know, a certain bacteria in, 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 in showing up on a blood test or something. I don't know, we're on a swab, right? You take a swab, you see the bacteria under the microscope. It's clear, it's black and white. That is the presence of the disease. Mental illness isn't like that, you know. I mean, deciding what is mental illness has been very well uh, demonstrated to be culturally determined anyway. You know, societies tolerate different levels of what you might call eccentric or, you know, beyond slightly outlier behaviours or outlier beliefs even, you know. So... We're in in the kind of like burning witches at the stake territory here, you know. Because a lot of the, the categories are a little bit awkward, so yet at the same time, I can't get out of my mind that 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 this is not this is not a whole healthy person standing up there. A because they think that this is that this is the best thing to do in this situation for them to maximise their advantage politically. The fact that they think those symbols can find their way into the world and be effective, and everybody's going to go, "Oh my, that was great," you know. But I mean, actually, the the Daily Mail said about Braverman's speech, they defined it as spellbinding. God. The Daily Mail. And it was good. It was. It was I mean, I was spellbound, but, but, but just just <laughs> but just, just in, in, a, good way. <laughs> in, in a, a horror of disbelief. Disbelief. Yeah. yeah. You know. Yeah. Horror of disbelief that anybody could stand up and come out with that obscenity. Mm. Did somebody come up in the one of the MPs said there's no such thing as British poverty in Britain? Oh, or well, that's like 30p, that. 30p Lee, <laughs> you know, Lee Anderson. 
I think he was an ex-Labour councillor who crossed over, and then and, and he, he's, a, he's a sort of lumpen proletariat, fancies himself a no-nonsense northerner. And he, he might even be an ex-miner. Britain. Yeah. He wow. said they're just lazy people. Oh yeah, that's he's one right, of them. Yeah. He's one of yeah. anyway. He's he's the deputy. He's the deputy chair of the Tory party. Thirty pence Lee. He says he can make a meal for thirty p. So that the nickname is thirty p Lee. <laughs> Actually, James O'Brien, who I do dislike, has been the worst kind of centrist. He came out with a good one. He said uh, he called him Lee Knock. <laughs> you know? uh, yeah. But I mean, what's coming out is that they are they are massively fractured. The factions, the factions are now factionalising. Of course, uh, Liz Truss, again, there's no insight into her condition because she's kind of standing there like she's making a pitch for another leadership bid. She has, wow. no, she has no insight yeah. into it what, what, whatsoever. No, I mean, no, I do find that amazing. I would have thought yeah. she would have just quietly kind of like yeah. slunk away by now. Yeah. And she might say they, they, they're not kind of whole people. It's, and and the, the big thing that strikes me is that, that, that kind of... Absolutely, no, no doubt ever passes passes their mind that they're kind of basically unexamined opinions are somehow like the gospel, the gospel truth, and, and there is no need, and they have this unshakable confidence, right? On on the basis of nothing, it's not built on anything. It's not built on anything. Yeah. I mean, they they are profoundly fucking. They're day students, you know. <laughs> a lot of them. So it's 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 kind of fright it's kind of frightening. But of course we've got all the other conferences coming up. I think like Labour Labour's in Liverpool. It's going to be it, it's going to be very 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 tightly controlled. They've already been told there's things that can't be debated. They can't debate Brexit because it looks pretty. It's 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 almost what what betting people would call a dead cert that uh, Labour is going to form the next government. But I'm also uh, thinking to myself, be ready for surprises. Yeah. Um, I don't think the Tories got very much chance. I mean, even the dumbest person in the country has got to say that they're completely and completely fucking fractured and fragmented, making a pig's ear of everything. And they're just simply not up, 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 up to meeting the chaos. That's, that's the hurricane that's hitting. It's a hurricane of chaos as all, uh, as all the basic systems supporting our civilised life, including the one without which we die, are, 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 are in kind of chaotic states, you know, which, okay, they might be natural in the big scheme of things, because everything's natural in the big scheme of things, but that shouldn't be, our, our worry should be sustaining your, your civilised hum, human life, you know, and that necessitates that, there's, that the environment that hosts it is given the, the, the utmost care and, and love and attention at all times. You cannot treat it like a, like a rubbish bin, which capitalism has to do. So I've got no patience with any kind of eco-capitalist. There is no compatibility between putting the, 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 um, the ecosphere right, putting it rather crudely, and maintaining capitalism. It can't happen because capitalism rests on being able to throw your shit into nature and being able to extract everything you need from nature. Uh, uh, 
without compunction and without circumspection and without any thought for the the, 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 the externalities they call it in capitalist economics. Yeah. Now, a very interesting thing that's 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 come to my attention lately, somewhat lately, is that uh, amongst Marxist scholars, there's 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 kind of a bit of a a, a bit of a to and fro over the the status of Marx's light notebooks, which have now been translated. It's like the last twenty years of his life. He wrote millions and millions of words in notebooks, you know. And it shows us where his attention came in that last part of his life. And it was on what, what, what uh, according to um, Professor uh, Saito of Tokyo University, Marx became obsessed with what he called the the metabolic rift. Now, now for Marx, he, he described the relationship between human beings and, uh, and human activity, you know, in society, human life, and nature as a metabolism, he called it the metabolism between us and nature. And Marx had noted that there was a metabolic rift, right? And it was down, it was down to, to basically this property of capitalism that it needs to, to get as much stuff as it can for free, to maximise profits, right? And, and so that means you get labour as cheap as you can. You get the reprodu reproduction of labour for free. In other words... In, in in the 19th century, Engels described this very beautifully. In the in the 19th century, the man is the the man is the the, 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 the male worker, right? Brings home the bacon, and he, uh, he, to his tenement house in Salford or wherever, you know. And and and, and the, the the wife brings up the children, and now. Hard-headed Marxists call that reproduction of labour power because they, they make it the responsibility of the worker to produce another worker for them at his expense, <laughs> you know. So they get that basically for free. They throw their rubbish into the environment and, of course, you know, that is something that's been moderated over time since the 19th century. But they will do it if they get away with it because that, the cost of cleaning up eats into profit, right? And puts downward pressure on wages. So there's always, there is still, there is always and still an impetus to throw your shit, the byproducts of your processes, your manufacturing products, in the river, you know. Or in the sea, or just put put a big pile of it in the land and poison the land. And of course, they've been doing that since since you know like since the industrial revolution kicked off in in, in the late eighteenth, early nineteenth century. But Marx Marx actually lighted on this as 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 the big as the big matter of concern, according to Saito. Somebody like David Harvey, who's a bloke who uh, uh, who reads Marx. And has made a career out of reading Marx with a fucking microscope, with a magnifying glass, you know, fine, going through it with a fine tooth comb, correlating. Almost like, almost like, he's almost like one of those, those biblical scholars that correlate everything in the Bible and the different, the different meanings of the Hebrew and the Greek words, you know, the exegetes of, 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 of theology. But of course, we have exegetes of Mar of Marxism, given that Marx produced like Marx and Engels certainly their collected works. It's a shelf full of big thick difficult books you know David Harvey's devoted himself to uh, mastering 
exegetically that, that body of work, you know. And he, he kind of disagrees with Satan. But I've read one of Saito's books and uh, it seems very convincing and very interesting. I mean, the upshot of all that is that there's a huge resource there. But the, 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 other, the other upshot, I suppose, is it just re reminds you that you're not going to have like eco-capitalism, you know. It's not going to happen. It can't happen. And, uh, and we're seeing it, you know. They make the right noises. But but carry on the same as best they can, you know. And they try and capture governments to to either slow down, stop, or reverse environmental protection legislation. We're seeing this now with you know with with Sunak saying, "Oh, we're going to open we're going to open the oil field at Ros what's it Rosebank." Yeah. This is it, you know. This is him acting in the service of big oil. You know, and big it's big, big oil. Big oil wants them to have a culture war over climate. You can see it, it's plain as the nose on your face. But that is, you know, the fascists always start off with a culture war because that divides and rules the potential opposition right at the outset. And they're easy to do. And they're doing it, and that's what all this was about. And they're doing it with the same, the same tools. But they're in such disarray, they're so disconnected that it comes across as bizarre. It's pathological. It's flor florid, florid psychosis is what I'd put Mordant's little piece of theatre down to. Amdram. You know? And it's terrifying. These are the people in charge. Otherwise it wouldn't matter. We could have a laugh. Oh, look, they're expressing themselves. Wonderful. <laughs> but they're in charge. And even if pathologising is kind of wrong at the end of the day, you know, you do not want people who are that obviously fucking disconnected from fucking reality holding the levers of power. And remember, this this country is a fucking nuclear state. Yeah. Yeah. God. Even though, I don't know how true this is, that, that uh, I've heard it said that they have to get permission off the Americans they want to, <laughs> if they want to launch a bomb. So you can have your bomb, but you've got to ask us before you use it, you know, so... Uh. All stupid, again, all stupid and fetishizing, you know, and again, pathological. Yeah. I mean, suicidal, you know, the idea that well, well, we're going to make ourselves safe by having, a, uh, uh, by having mutually assured destruction. Okay, that's sane, right? So I do think that, that in, in some senses, one has to have a sense of what, what, what a whole person might look like without getting too, without producing a sticks for people to beat each other with about how you ought to be you know because I don't think anybody knows how a human being ought to be but I know on a practical level that I don't want somebody who is that disconnected that muddled that sort of intellectually challenged to have any kind of serious power in the society in which I live and which the people I love live you know so in that respect I feel I feel that I can ask questions about pathology you know I mean, I am an admirer of Eric Fromm's works on on on, on the, the psychology of the the prominent Nazis. You know, first in uh, Fear of Freedom, short work written in the war, and then the Anatomy of Human Destructiveness, which I think was either written in World War Two or just after. Because Fromm was a he, he was Frankfurt School Jew who had to go to America to escape the Nazis because they'd have killed him. But these were the people who Jordan Peterson hates. They called them, um, he calls them like Marxist postmodernists. Because Fromm was a psychoanalyst 
a practicing psychoanalyst. That was his job. Member of the Frankfurt School, so an academic, a left a left wing Marxist academic, and and also also a, a, a kind of a, a Marxist, yeah, you know, or somebody who knew, knew Marxist texts and and was able to appreciate them, and set out to to to, to find this kind of way of of, of usefully marrying the insights of Freud and, Freud and Marx, you know. So I mean that that that's that's a line I've been interested in for a very 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 long time, many decades. So, you know, and of course, from I could say, well, he did the naughty thing. He pathologized them according to according to some psychoanalytic uh, terminology and so forth, you know, um, and and to psychoanalytic models, various ones, which of course Freud produced several models, you know, and they are that they're models. I mean that should that should make you kind of worry a little bit. It's it's like one of those things that I think you can't avoid, but you can't really justify doing it either. You know, and it it it's it's a bit of a conundrum, and I am <coughs> still looking around. But uh, it doesn't change the fact that we don't know what people who are that kind of put it. I don't know. That incapable and unsuitable from having any kind of power, you know. But we have a system in which they kind of rise to the top. They float to the top like the turds, you know. I wonder if there's someone writing a book right now that's pathologising the um, the Tories and just after watching their speeches. And again, the, mm. the, the, the key point here is this is how they've carefully chosen to present themselves. Yes. It's not like one of those car crash interviews where they just fuck up and mm. accidentally expose themselves. Mm. This is like a very, very deliberate and careful decision mm. to mm. present themselves in this manner to yeah. <laughs> us lot. Yeah, I mean, so, that, yes, is, that is what you're so, so dumbfounding. It's, yeah. it's, either, it's either that or, or we're dumbfounding because we are utterly out of touch. Which is kind of possible living out here on the edge of the world and not, not seeing very many people. You yeah. Know. But what it means that they're completely out, completely, 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 completely floating in fucking space, you know, without knowing it. Well, let's hope it's them rather than us. <laughs> And uh, they, uh, even though when they hopefully lose the next election with massive landslides towards uh, Labour and other parties, uh, there'll be huge cheer that we've finally got rid of them. But of course, then we've got the other lot who could be like, a, I'm still hoping that the Starmer's lot will be slightly better. That's yeah. that's the only hope, really. Just yeah. slightly better. I'm than not holding my breath. The moment. Well, I'm, I know, yeah. I'm not holding my breath. But it'd be awfully nice to be rid of the fucking Tories. Anyway. <laughs> Just to round all this up now. The main thing that jumps out at me from seeing the, the, the reportage that's doing the rounds on the Tory party conference is that the Tories are completely fragmented now and completely at each other's throats. Massively, massively factionalised, and they're not going to be able to do anything in, in in such a state. I mean, this is partly, no doubt, to do with the the disintegration in their support in the country, which the polls are sort of rubbing their noses in. 
It's also to do with the fact that they, they, they simply cannot keep up with the, the crises that are rolling in day after day after day, as is inevitable given that all the supporting systems of human civilised living are in crisis at the same time. Another point jumps out at me about the Tories from observing, particularly from observing Braverman and uh, Mordant, is that they are actually crazy, they're mad, they're disconnected from reality. Uh, and to, to my mind, they don't have, have the, the personalities, the, the, the qualities of character in order to do what it takes to you know, run a two trillion economy, you know, and look after the, the, uh, the welfare of 65 million people on, on these islands. So I hope everyone found that interesting and hopefully useful and uh, a bit terrifying, but uh, hey-ho, that's, uh, that's what we've got to work with. Just to remind everyone about our series of talks that are coming up starting on the 15th of October entitled The Apocalypse and You, <laughs> which I'm sure will be jolly interesting for everybody. So if you want to come along to those, please have a look at the link below which is in the write-up for this podcast which is the, the link to our website with all the details on uh, about all the content of the talks and the prizes and the bookings and all that jazz so please have a look and it'd be lovely to see you if you can come all right folks i hope you're well and we'll speak to you soon make knowledge great again